Howdy and welcome to the St. Mary's podcast, Take Back the Crown Retreat. We're drawing from St. Ignatius of Loyola and his spiritual exercises over the course of 30 days to be able to take back the crown, the movement of the enemy to self-isolate us and to draw us to greater holiness by this time. Let's use the time to our advantage and give the kingship, the rule, the reign, the kingdom of God back to Jesus Christ. And this will transform our lives because apart from him, we can do nothing. Well, I hope that you've been enjoying so far the episodes that we've had. This is day three. Some of you have asked me, uh, Father, I missed. I, I, I just found out about it today. What happens? Don't feel bad. You know, hey, you can simply go back, listen to some of the previous podcasts if you like, or you can start right here. I hope to do this in a way that you're able to follow along and to receive genuinely what God wants you to be able to receive. So let yourself be at peace if you've got the time. Go ahead, go back and uh, listen to to the first two podcasts and invite you to do that. And uh, if you want to pray longer, feel free to do that. If you want to catch up on a particular day and you've got the whole day, go ahead and do three in a day. That's all right. Well, today we're on uh, day three. We've already talked about St. Ignatius, the dynamic of being on a retreat. We've talked about how to get started in prayer with an active presence Uh, We've learned two different things about that. We've learned about uh, pausing and considering for the amount of time it takes to pray in our Father, God's loving gaze upon me. And we've also considered asking for a grace so that we can receive more during prayer. Uh, Last episode, we talked about the principle and foundation of St. Ignatius, some calibrations to be able to allow his kingship to be real, actual, and chosen in our life. Well, today we're going to enter into one of the major themes of week one of the spiritual exercises, which is God's love. The first week of the spiritual exercises is genuinely about God's love and then also our sinfulness but looking at that within the context of God's love. So you can't get to sinfulness, though, until we are saturated in the truth, the reality of God's undying, constant, unconditional, merciful love for us. So rest in that for a moment. Receive that. And the gaze of the Father upon you now, welcoming you into this time of retreat, is one of love. Well, let's dive in. I want to give you five encouragements today about God's love as we enter into retreat. These are five encouragements that hopefully help you to take heart. You know, the word encouragement, uh, core, heart in Latin, it is uh, to put heart into So we want to encourage to have heart put into us these encouragements, these theological presuppositions of how God is towards us in his love. You know, you might say about every retreat probably needs to address God's love. And as basic and as simple as a concept it is for us as Christians that we hear God is love, God is love, God is love. And yet, It is one of the hardest things for us to genuinely accept and the hardest to travel from our heads to our hearts for it to be real. And so 
except for a moment now in your own life where you're at and in your view of God, that God wants to go even deeper with you. As much as what you may have thought of God's love before, he wants to go even more deeply with you in an abiding union with you, one that is sustained. And he wants to teach you more about his love through this retreat because it's from that love then that we move forward in any of these spiritual exercises that follow. All right, well, let's go ahead and go into these five encouragements. The first one is this. God is utterly close to me. I just say that to yourself. God is utterly close to me. So the truth of this is that, you know, while we are self-distancing, God does not self-distance. He is near. You know, uh, when we're little, we might have an idea that God is far away, right? In a cloud somewhere up in the sky, distant. And yet God is everywhere, but he shows us that he's also near and things around us, his created world. You just look out and you see the beauty of the sky, the warmth of the air, the green of spring as it comes out. All of these things, they speak to us something of God. But theologically, God draws near to me, most especially in the incarnation. That is, that the word, eternal from all time, Jesus becomes man. He takes flesh in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And notice how close he goes. He enters so deeply into our humanity that he is born in Bethlehem in the humblest, the lowest of settings and surroundings. Not into great uh, riches, but to simple poverty. He's has given no clothing, but is wrapped in swaddling clothes. He's not put in a beautiful crib for a prince, but rather he's laid in a manger, which is an eating trough for animals. Jesus humbles himself so much. And in doing so, he is drawing close to us. Think also of how he was with his apostles. I'm thinking of one particular scene after the resurrection where Jesus comes into the upper room and he breathes on them. And he says, peace. He breathes on them the Holy Spirit. Jesus is close to us. He's close to you right now. He's not far. He is close to you. He says to his apostles at the Last Supper, I am the vine and you are the branches. There's a oneness that we have with him. I invite you right now, just make an act of faith with me. God, you are near to me. And in any way where I have feared that you are distant or where I have doubted, I reclaim again that you are right here with me, that you know me even more deeply than I know myself. All right, that's the first encouragement for us. God is utterly close to me. Secondly, the love of the heart of Jesus will draw you to Trinitarian communion love. All right, 
That sentence has a whole lot in there, but it's drawing reference to the sacred heart of Jesus. Remember that heart that we see uh, even at the church of St. Mary's, you can see that statue there. Jesus is pointing at his heart and it's, a, it's showing, this is how much I love you. This is how much I love you. Jesus is saying to us by pointing to his heart, that symbol of love. And here's the truth of this is that God wants to draw us into the love of that heart, which involves a love between the father and the son, and that that love is also the Holy Spirit. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 221, says, God has revealed his innermost secret. God himself is an eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he has destined us to share in that exchange. So what God is calling us to in this retreat is a Trinitarian experience. We're going to be diving into scripture as this retreat continues with the hope that we can encounter the living God and Jesus. And Jesus wants to take us to the Father. And in so, he wants to envelop us, fill us with the Holy Spirit, and that we might become temples of God, temples of the Holy Spirit, and that we might then be in a Trinitarian communion love. God's love is all around me. That's our second theological presupposition to get started on the retreat. Our second encouragement. The third is this. God is actively pursuing me. Like the police pursuing you, right? This is better though. He's not after you to get you in trouble. He is after you to give you love and to transform your life, to lead you into greater eternal love. This is the grandeur that he calls us to. And God is always taking initiative with us. He is always pursuing us. Jesus says to his apostles, it is not you who chose me, but I who chose you. Another great example of this is when Jesus gives the example of the, the good shepherd that what shepherd would not leave 99 sheep to go after the one lost sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was that shepherd, I would not go after the, the one lost sheep. I mean, uh, I got 99 here. I mean, how many of you in taking an exam would stay with the one question that you can't answer that well and leave the 99 others in order to answer that one question? Well, there's something similar here, you know, and yet Jesus is saying, I'm not like that. I'm going to go after you. I am going to go after you. Well, I, here's another thing about me. You know, if I was to go after the one lost sheep, I wouldn't pick him up. I, I recently went to the Holy Land and there were shepherds in the area of Bethlehem. And they'll let you, if you want, you know, to hold a, a sheep. And some people in our pilgrimage uh, group did that. And man, sheep are kind of smelly and sweaty and... Uh, not the most pleasant. And I, I wouldn't necessarily want to put one of those sheep on my shoulders and carry him back and say, hey, celebrate with me. I found the lamb that I lost. I'm like, no, come here, you bad animal, <laughs> you smelly thing. Get over here. You smell. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so kind. 
And yet Jesus, notice he's gentle. He's so gentle and so persistent and so wanting to come after us. Even if we are the one and you feel distanced from God right now, he wants to pursue you. He's after you. This is God's love for you. Now, how he does this most especially, he does it upon the cross for us. This is God moving close to you in, in his agape love of sacrifice and commitment. It's also his eros love. It's, it's his passion. It's leading him to go out of himself, to be able to find you, to bring you back to the Father. That's the Father's love. Jesus shows that also in the parable of the prodigal son. The father is there after the prodigal son is left and just he's looking for him to come back. He, he never takes this posture of looking away or forgetting. He's always looking for the son. And when the son is finally coming and he sees him, the father runs to him. He pursues the prodigal and he comes to him. This is how God is towards you. God is asked, actively pursuing me. Okay, well, let's go to the fourth encouragement for us, God's love for us. The Father desires to give me only consoling love at the cross with Jesus. The Father desires only to give me consoling love at the cross with Jesus. Now, this kind of might sound confusing because I think about, gosh, when I have hardship, a lot of times I turn away from God. It may seem as though God is not with me or with us during this time. St. Paul points to this experience, though, when he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, three times I begged the Lord about this. He's talking about a particular thorn in his side, a trouble of his, that it might leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. For you, for power is made perfect in weakness. I will rather boast most gladly of my weaknesses in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. So, this is what the Lord desires to do in us as well to be able to, when we experience even desolation, that this is the place where the Lord wants to come with a consoling love. God does not cause desolation. He permits it. And yet, even in that is a greater opportunity to receive God's love. Now, isn't that true? That's what we're doing during this time of retreat, that there's desolation all around us right now. There's a cross right before us. And yet we're using this time to receive God's consoling love for us. That's the fourth encouragement. Here's the fifth encouragement. The reign of God is close at hand for me personally. The reign of God is close at hand for me personally. Well, we're talking in this retreat about the kingship of Jesus, the crown, which is his, and we want to take back that crown. As much as what we perhaps stay in isolation or fear, uh, we're stuck. We're so concerned perhaps about ourselves and our own situations. And that's all right to be afraid. It's, it's all right to, to be worried. And yet there's a peace that God wants to give so much more powerfully to us. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, St. Paul says, for he says, in an acceptable time I heard you and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. 
Behold, now is the day of salvation. Where is it that you need to be saved today? Where is it during this retreat that you need the Lord and for the kingdom to be activated in you today? The acceptable time is now. A lot of times we put off in our lives. Okay, this can be for later. This can be for some time when we get everything figured out. No. Jesus is saying today. Look at what he said to the good thief on the cross. Today you will be with me in paradise. So there's no reason to be discouraged or to fear that now is not the time. God has called you on this retreat and he wants to save you by his kingship, his reign, changing things in your life, making a difference. And he desires to do that for you personally. All right. Those are the five encouragements of God's love that are going to help us throughout this retreat to be able to know this is the, the posture of how God is for me and leading me more deeply into life with him. All right, well, I'm going to give you now your prayer assignment. Here it is. Again, using those particular methods that we've taught of St. Ignatius for entering into prayer, that is, considering God's loving gaze upon you and then asking for a grace, the grace today will be to experience God's abundant love for me and a joyful inner acknowledgement that I am wondrously and gloriously made. You will pray with Psalm 139. Here's how I invite you to take it up. That as you read this, you're going to read it slowly and, and again, just let the words kind of stick with you. Pray them and read them in perhaps a slow motion, allowing yourself to Think that those words are being communicated to you personally. And I invite you to think about the five different things we communicated today, those five encouragements. Which is the one that the Lord especially wants you to receive? And so as you pray with Psalm 139, to be aware of that desire in your heart and to hold it before him. And allow him to speak the words of Psalm 139 into you and through you and with you and for you. To be able to receive the grace that he desires to give to you. All right, that's all of episode three today. Hope that you enjoyed and are moving closer to Jesus Christ. Next episode, we're going to go more into prayer. It's nature and, and how it is that we receive God when we pray. And I'm going to teach you a particular method of prayer called acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. Let us close today with praying the Hail Holy Queen. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, O most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy toward us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, 
Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.